Silicon Valley can kiss any sweetheart tax deals in the European Union goodbye. The EU is tightening the screws on the multinationals and the countries they operate in, sending a warning in the form of tax bills and court auctions. Court actions. EU regulators slapped Amazon with a $294 million tax bill and ordered Luxembourg to collect it. And remember that record $15.3 million in back taxes that Apple was ordered to pay last year? The EU says it will take Ireland to court for failing to collect those back taxes. The EU's competition commissioner has been accused of unfairly targeting U.S. tech companies. But Margrethe Vestager explained that the point of the EU's rules is to make sure that companies compete on the merits. These rules that we have in common they prevent member states from giving unfair advantages to selected companies. For example, a, a member state cannot give benefits to a multinational group which are not available uh, to local businesses. The EU's competition officials have been on something of a crusade since 2013 to unearth deals among the thousands of otherwise legal tax packs governments have arranged for companies. My guests are Itai Grinberg, a professor at Georgetown University Law Center, and J. Richard Harvey, a professor at Villanova University School of Law. Dick, explain the EU's problems with the low tax rates that Amazon has gotten from having its European headquarters in Luxembourg. Well, I guess what Amazon has done is they have two principal entities in Luxembourg. They have an intangibles holding company, and they have an operating company. And the holding company doesn't pay any taxes because it's organized as a partnership. So it doesn't take Einstein to figure out that uh, from a planning perspective, what they wanted to do was shift as much income out of the operating company into the holding company. And that's what they did by transferring uh, some intellectual property rights, uh, basically their web shopping platform. And they transferred that from the U.S. to the Luxembourg Holding Company and then uh, started charging uh, royalty payments uh, back to the operating company. And Luxembourg uh, you know, objected to it because they got a private ruling, and they're arguing that the price at which was being charged was not an arm's length price. And then they're also arguing that the holding company really had no substance, that it had no real employees or property or what have you. So as a result, they're basically attempting to disregard that entity and then requesting that Luxembourg go and collect up to the $293 million you refer to. Now, I emphasize it's up to the $293 million, and um, it's really up to Luxembourg to go and calculate it, and they could end up calculating something less. So but, uh, um, anyway, that hopefully gives your reader or your uh, listeners some background. And what are the arguments that Luxembourg and Amazon is making, Itai? Because they say that uh, this is that Amazon has not been granted incompatible state aid, and Amazon said it's considering an appeal. Right. So, I mean, I think it's important for listeners to understand the uh, the general context first. Like the international tax environment around the world is just becoming much less stable. Uh, and the European Union state investigations with respect to these ruling practices just represent an extreme example of the emerging trend. Um, the decisions with respect to Amazon um, and uh, the, 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 to be clear, $15.3 billion um, uh, attempts to force Ireland to collect more quickly from Apple are just instances of these state aid things. And basically the way this law works, right, is that um, EU law prohibits so-called state aid that threatens to uh, distort 
competition by favoring certain businesses, and the European Commission can retroactively, okay, under that law, demand assessments that reach back up to 10 years when it labels a tax result state aid. Uh, these laws date back to the 50s, and while they were originally intended to prevent EU member states from subsidizing national champion companies, right? So the idea was, well, France shouldn't give money to Air France, which makes the fares between France and Germany cheaper than Lufthansa flights, okay? That was the original idea. In contrast, in these recent cases against U.S. businesses, the Commission is claiming that EU member states provided illegal state aid to, our, to some U.S. companies merely by providing them legal certainty through tax rulings that clarified how generally applicable national law would apply to those companies' uh, facts. And, you know, this new trend is just novel and unprecedented, and it doesn't really, you know, in the view of the companies and in my view, meet the Commission's own task for finding state aid, because of the kinds of rulings at issue weren't selective. In other words, everybody knows that everybody could get these rulings. So then the issue is, um, who do you enforce against if you suddenly decide that no one should have gotten the rulings, number one, and number two, if it's not selective, it doesn't meet your test. That's your key test. Did you do something special for this company as opposed to give sweetheart deals for everyone? And here's the thing. Luxembourg gave sweetheart deals for, to everybody. Importantly, they did it while, a guy, um, while the current um, president of the European Commission was the prime minister of Luxembourg, and he knew. We've been talking about the EU crackdown on taxes for multinational corporations with Professor Itai Grinberg of Georgetown University Law School and Professor J. Richard Harvey of Villanova University School of Law. Dick, U.S. officials have criticized the EU tax investigations and fines, complaining in one letter that the investigations appear to be targeting U.S. companies disproportionately. Is that the case in your mind? Well, it's hard to tell. Certainly uh, some of the big companies mentioned when you talk about Starbucks, Apple, Amazon, which are three cases that they've already given final rulings on, and then I think McDonald's is in the uh, pipeline. So they're all American companies. Uh, They did go after uh, Fiat's finance company, which is not American, and then they went after 35 or so companies that were taking advantage of some Belgium rulings, and most of those were apparently uh, non-U.S. companies. So it's hard to say, but certainly the big ticket, the big items when you assess Apple close to $15 billion, uh, that certainly gets people's attention. So that has been a criticism of the EU, whether it's justified or not, I'm not really sure. And of course, uh, Margrethe Vestager has denied that many times. Let's talk a little bit about the whole investigation, Itai, which has been something of a crusade for the EU competition officials since 2013. What kind of unfair practices or deals are they looking at? Right. Well, so let's, let, let, let's sort of distinguish between two different um, things that are going on. Uh, historically, the commission has looked at uh, – when an entire regime, right, uh, uh, an entire system of tax that is being run administratively by a country provides um, unfair advantages to a specific group of companies. So that's like the Belgian example that Dick um, mentioned. That's, a, that, that's kind of classic old-school competition commission investigation into tax, okay? 
here, what the commission, the commission has a Belgian one, but then in the other cases, they're saying, no, no, there's a general practice, a practice of providing companies legal certainty, generally speaking about something called transfer pricing. And we're going to say that in general, that practice is um, fine. There's nothing wrong with, with, with companies wanting legal certainty or companies or countries giving it. We're just going to single out specific companies' um, uh, arrangements and agreements, and we're going to retroactively attack them going back 10 years and ask um, you know, these businesses to pay up into the billions of dollars for um, uh, you know, going to a country with their facts and saying, here are my facts, now what's the right transfer pricing result? And then simply accepting the number that the government provided as the correct result. Now, the other thing for listeners to understand is that the way this works under U.S. law is that these payments, that these retroactive payments U.S. companies are being asked to make, are creditable taxes under U.S. law. They're, they're, they're treated as income taxes, probably. So the commission's decisions actually don't amount to demanding a multi-billion dollar payment from U.S. companies. They basically, because of the foreign tax credit, amount to asking for a transfer from U.S. taxpayers to the EU member states the commission says acted illegally. Because the way this works is you reimburse the country that gave the ruling. So the commission says Luxembourg acted illegally in telling Amazon something. And the remedy is that Amazon pays Luxembourg $290 million. So Luxembourg acts illegally, and the penalty is they get $290 million. And then because the way our law operates, much of that cost doesn't even come from Amazon. It comes from all of us. So that's Dick, what I want. I want to go to the appeals because this is the fifth Amazon, a series of EU decisions, and there are there are appeals, but the appeals haven't been heard yet, and it also it puts them in a position of, for example, Ireland, where it's in this position of appealing but explaining how collecting the tax in the meantime, it puts it in a different difficult position. So what might happen with the appeals? Well, I think that's the $64,000 question, and it could take many years to work its way through the EU Court of Justice. Because, uh, as Ty mentions, this is a novel argument that's being made. Uh, but um, historically, the EU Court of Justice has upheld uh, state aid decisions. Uh, so it'll be very interesting from my perspective to see how the uh, courts deal with this, but it's going to take several years. And in the meantime, companies like Apple are probably going to have to uh, post a $15 billion uh, escrow payment with uh, Ireland in order to proceed. And just briefly, Itai, explain Ireland's problem at this point in trying to collect this and what it's considering. Well, I mean, you know, I don't... (laughs) I don't claim to have like a deep understanding of uh, Irish um, law. Ireland uh, opposes the finding of the commission and will litigate against it. It has tried to come up with an escrow structure for the um, the Apple ruling that has to take into account how much interest Apple would owe if they lost, and has to kind of end up with arrangements with Apple as to how the you know fairly large chunk of money would be invested over the multiple years in which the uh, money will be held in escrow. And it has, um, since it uh, thinks the commission is wrong, probably tried to be um, quite accommodating to Apple in working that through, is my guess, as they should be, if they think that Apple shouldn't be paying this money. 
Um, and meanwhile, you know, the, there's just the fact that, that, that there's no um, incentive for people who think that the money shouldn't transfer hands to, um, to I make think, it happen more quickly. Sorry, we'll have to end it there. Thanks so much. That's Itai Grinberg, a professor at Georgetown University Law School, and J. Richard Harvey, professor at Villanova University Law School. Coming up, we're going to be talking about the reports of division and difficulty in President Trump's legal team. We'll be talking with Bloomberg's White House reporter, Shannon Pettypiece. This is Bloomberg. <laughs> 